0: What's up, guys? Evolutionary radio coming your way, episode 482. Steve me and the Rickster, Ricky V Rock, another rehash episode coming your way, right, Rick?
1: Yeah, that's right. Another rehash. What's up, Steve? What is up, guys? How's everybody doing out there? Yeah, we've had some wonderful, incredible episodes throughout the years. And a hundred episodes ago, uh, episode number 380 to me was a Really good episode, I really enjoyed it. It's about TB 500 the healing uh, peptide. Uh, it heals bones, joints, and ligaments. It's a good compound episode. I don't think a lot of people uh, got a chance to really view that one. Um, 380 TB 500 healing peptides is a great compound episode. We're going to go over it right now after this intro and uh, Steve, what is the episode you picked to come in after uh, 380 on, on this on this broadcast today?
0: So 371, we talked about a lot of different things. We talked about testosterone blends. Very, very important to understand testosterone blends because I still see a lot of people posting they don't understand what testosterone blends are all about. We talked about anti-estrogen. Very important. You don't want to end up with bitch tits. You don't want to end up with with gonachomastia, bloating. We talked about toxic masculinity. We had some fun with that topic. Um, You know, and that was a really good one. So episode 371 is the one I'm going to rehash. And you're going to do 380. And 381 was also a good one, too. We talked about different steroids on 381. Talked about orals. We talked about steroid sources and stuff like that.
1: Yeah, guys. So um, this episode is sponsored by N2 Transoderm. That's N, the number two. Transo. T-R-A-N-S-O. D E R M and to transoderm.com. I'm going to link it in the description of this video, unless you're on YouTube. We don't link on YouTube because YouTube is funny about that. I'm going to link it. Guys, this is my creation. This is a topical testosterone boosting product. You put it on your shoulders, upper back. You could put it below the armpits. You could put it uh, above the knees and between the legs. And um, shoulders, upper back, is for strength, muscle gains. Um, bottom below the the armpits is mostly for mood elevation, mood enhancement, Um, above the knees, between the legs a little bit, mainly um, sexual performance. And two transderm contains a hormone precursor, a couple of them actually, along with with a, a transdermal matrix that'll help the product make it through the skin. The enzymes in your skin are going to turn the precursors in it to They're going to turn them into actual anabolic hormone. You just have to apply them on the areas I'm letting you know. And yeah, I mean, the way it works is it's legal for me to take these precursors and put them in a bottle and sell them to you. It's legal for you to apply them and use them. The compounds that they turn into, into your body, once they make it through the skin and they interact with the enzymes, those are compounds that I wouldn't, those hormones I wouldn't be able to put in a bottle and sell to you. Without breaking the law and risking jail time, right? But the precursors that are on the bottle, I can do that. Now you, they don't work as well orally. When you, when you take these uh, compounds orally, you have no way to decide what they become, what enzymes interact with them. When you apply them on the skin, on the strategic areas I'm telling you about, then you get the results you're looking for. So, enter is the product, guys. Go to entertransferderm.com or just go to muscle.com, my website, and click on Muscle Builders. If you have additional questions about how to use Derm or if it fits in with your cycle, please contact me, Vrock.com. That's R-I-C-K-Y-V-R-O-C-K.com. There you will find the links to everything from my social, email, or how to contact me direct. RickyVrock.com, guys. I'll see you there. And now without further ado, Here is the show.
0: What's going on, everybody? Evolution at Word Podcasts coming your way. This is episode 380. Steve Smee here and Rick. What's up, buddy?
1: Hey, what's up, Steve? What's up, guys? How's everybody doing out there?
0: Good, good. So, guys, our even episodes, compound episodes. This time we're going to do one on TB 500, which is a peptide and it's a very interesting one and i think that it's one of the more popular ones especially for healing so we're going to kind of get into it um it's a, a, a synthetic form of thymosin beta 4 and it's specifically designed in our industry in the fitness industry to help us with these nagging injuries that we get over time and to help us recover quicker And as someone who's used it, I can say that it does help with that. So, you know, before we get too much into it, though, I want to bring in Rick because he's our historian here. And he's going to tell us a little bit about the history behind that TB-500. So go ahead, Rick. Tell us, everybody.
1: So uh, TB-500 is the synthetic version of uh, thymusin beta-4, which is a peptide that's naturally produced by your body in the thymus gland, in your chest. And thymocins, which are the different, um, different peptides and, and different compounds that are, are being secreted by this gland, uh, were discovered as far back as the mid-1960s. Uh, a dude named Alan Goldstein from the laboratory of Abraham White at the Albert Einstein College of Medicine in New York. Dropped all those names there for you. They uh, basically uh, discovered them. Um, you know, Goldstein uh, created a, a, another compound, thymocin alpha-1, for the purpose of increasing immune cell activity and thymocin beta four to promote wound repair. So there are different thymocin peptides that are being secreted by the thymus gland and uh, use of TB 500 or, or the, the thymocin beta four has, has dated back as far as 1974, a young girl uh, became the first person to receive injections of thymocin because she was, uh, so she was diagnosed as not having a function in thymus gland. Thymus in uh, TB500 has shown to have a lot of the same effects of growth hormone. You know, increased strength, increased uh, endurance, a lot of different things. So this is the reason why it's been, it's been uh, um, researched. And, uh, you know, nowadays, over the last, let's uh, say, 10 years, it's made a resurgence. Back now, it is a research compound. Now it's being prescribed by some uh, hormone replacement therapy clinics and some of these rejuvenation clinics. And it's uh, quite a, almost miraculous little, uh, little hormone that uh, we're going to discuss more in depth.
0: So let's talk a little bit more about TB 500 guys. So if you actually do some research on it, you'll see there's not much out there about it. Um, and there's not much usage on it. And one of the reasons for that A lot of guys don't really haven't really heard of it or tried it. Was that for years? You know, Rick and I have been on the forums for a while, but for years it was very hard to find a legitimate peptide source. But now, you know, if you go on evolution.org, we have at least two, three places that actually do source TB500 now where you can actually find, you know, legit TB500. So now we're actually able to use it. And I've used it several times. And I can definitely tell the difference between the real TB five hundred and some diluted crap TB five hundred that other people have used. So, you know, the way TB five hundred works, it's it has the ability to upregulate cell bindings and proteins like actin. So, the upregulation of the actin allows the TB five hundred to promote cell migration and proliferation. So this will help you build new blood vessel pathways and also regulate inflammation that has to do with wound healing so it's a very versatile peptide and it has a low molecular weight and it lends to its mobility ability to travel long distances through our tissues so when targeting injured areas TB 500 is going to circulate the body and find those injuries around your body and take corrective action. So you'll notice on this stuff, all kinds of things like you'll even notice you're able to be more mobile in, in the gym, more flexible. You'll notice less inflammations in your joints and your tendons, like people who suffer from tendonitis. They notice a difference in stuff. They also notice maybe, you know, some differences with their hair growth on their head, some of their gray hairs on their head darkening back. So it has some anti-aging properties too. And then one of my things that I notice on the stuff, after using it just a week or two, or even just a couple doses of it. Um, you just using two milligrams, four milligrams, six milligrams, 10 milligrams, only getting it in, into my body over the course of a week, week and a half is the endurance difference. Now, those of you who are just like you know, weight trainers, you may not notice that significantly, but if you're like me, you're very active. You do a lot of cardio, a lot of outdoor activities. Um, you know, like, like, like I just took my cat for a walk and I climbed the fucking 40 foot tree with my cat. That's we, we, we do that together me and my cat. He's my, he's my buddy. He's my climbing buddy. So you climb a 40 foot tree and you climb back down. That, that's a lot of endurance that you need. So I notice on TV 500, my endurance is a lot better when I'm doing stuff like that. Um, it really turns you into, into quite a, a beast, you know? So if you really know your workouts, your weight train, your power lifter you really know your workouts to a T you'll notice, wow, I can, I can nail an extra rep on this stuff. So also, you know, there's been some studies done which say that TB500 also can heal organs like the heart um, and help with ventricular hypertrophy. So, you know, this stuff has other benefits. That probably is why we notice the endurance benefits, because anything that's good for your heart and that benefits your heart is going to help you with, with endurance. Because, you know, your heart rate, it's all about your heart rate, guys. You can still have a heart rate monitor you get an eye watch or get one of those heart rate straps and strap it to you. And you can start understanding how our heart rate works, okay? The study, study your body and see. The, it's like a car engine. The car engine spins. The faster it spins, the more that engine burns out. So if you can get your heart health better, then it's gonna help you across the board from the gym to cardio, to mountain climbing, to bicycling, anything. So this stuff is, is really cool stuff. And um, I really, really, um, I like it. And, um, you know, so, you know, we're going to kind of get into dosages in a bit. You wanted to add, add something to that, Rick?
1: Yeah, just, uh, uh, just a couple of notes I had here for people to uh, give to everybody. So like you were saying, TB500 is the synthetic version of the peptide hormone thymosin beta 4, which is a natural peptide found in the body that is produced by the thymus gland. This is a gland right right in your chest. It's almost like between your lo- the upper lungs a little bit. The thymus gland is very active when you're young, but it becomes more inactive as you get older. Uh, By the time you hit 40, as much as 80% of the gland may be inactive. The thymus gland produces uh, different thymosins, peptides, hormones that are there to help your body repair. I've said it on the podcast before, all organisms have a built-in expiration clock. This is why the same animal cells that are in a bird, that are in a human, that are in a turtle, look identical under a microscope, but they'll all age at different rates. You know, birds can live a couple years. Humans can live a few decades. And turtles can live a few hundred years. And we're all kind of, uh, kind of uh, I don't know if you want to say designed or evolved, but we're all kind of designed or evolved to die off at some point. And it's just part of evolution. You know, organisms need to die off to make room for the newer organisms. And so uh, the thymus gland becoming inactive as you get older, is just a natural part of evolution a natural part of us becoming older and getting older and and organisms dying off. So the new ones can have a chance at, at resources, right? So all, all of your cells in the body uh, have the receptors for uh, the thymus and beta four peptide. So, once a cell is in need of repair and it receives thymosin beta-4 um, compound, or in this case TB500, it is going to uh, repair itself. You know, the, the genetic code that's inside of the nucleus that uh, express the, the, the repair of the cell will become activated. Now, TB500 we know works just as well as, as thymusin beta-4, but they're not identical. Thymosin beta-4 has a 43 amino acid chain. And then over time, scientists experimented with only with, you know, slicing, placing together, maybe 17 and 23 of those amino acids, uh, creating only a chain of 40 or, or different different smaller chains. So if you were to really look at it on, under a microscope, TB500 is not exactly thymusin beta 4. They've got uh, small differences in the, the amounts of amino acid chains, but it still works still works just as good, just uh, as great as thymus and beta-4 does. I guess you could say it's like comparing, say, testosterone that your body makes to maybe something like a dianabol or a mastron or another hormone that will still attach to those receptors and create a signal, but it is not a fully identical hormone. It is just close enough to attach there. So that's an important distinction to make as we continue to, on the podcast, Uh, thymus and beta-4 is the original natural hormone your thymus gland makes, the TB500 is a synthetic version that it's not twin of it. It's, it's a synthetic variation with a little bit of a, a different uh, amino acid chain uh, sequence than, than the original.
0: All right, guys. So everyone wants to know, how do I use this stuff? So basically when you order it, if you look up some of these sources, I can pull up our source on the forum, for example, one of our source, sources on the forum, they do sell it, and they sell it in two milligram vials, and they sell it in five milligram vials. So you're going to get it, and you're going to get it, and it's going to be in a vial, and it's going to be a powder, like a white powdery stuff. You're going to be like, what the hell is this? It looks like salt. It looks like kind of like salt powder or something. And basically what you're going to have to do is you're going to have to cons- constitute it. I would store the peptides always, all your peptides, even before you constitute it. You should always store them in the refrigerator. That will keep them the maximum shelf life on them. So, but if you end up storing it, you know, at room temperature, it's not the end of the world. It's not a big deal. But if you want to extend the life on it, definitely go with the fridge, especially if you're going to store it for, for a few months. And then I say after six months, seven months, Even in the fridge, it's going to lose its potency. So you want to make sure you use it within six months or four months. After you constitute it, you're going to use backwater or sterile water. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what you use. As long as it's either backwater or sterile, you you should be good to go. You're going to mix in that very, very carefully. And you're going to go ahead and inject it. Now, because it's only two milligrams or or five milligrams per vial, you're just going to do the whole amount in one shot. So you don't have to worry about storing it, but hypothetically, let's say you were to get like a few vials of five milligrams and you wanted to just constitute it all at once. You could, and then just store it in the fridge and then you want to use it as soon as possible. But in this case, you know, for most of you, you're going to, you're going to constitute it, reconstitute it and and mix it. And then you're going to just inject it anywhere. um, Sub Q anywhere. You don't have to inject it at the, at the injury. Because it will travel. Like I told you guys, the way it acts in the body, the pathways, it will travel through your body and it will pick out where injuries are to heal those injuries. So really the easiest place to inject it is just pull up your stomach fat and boom, into your stomach fat with a slim pin. Boom, you're good to go. The entire two milligrams or the entire five milligrams. And what you could do, you could run you know, four to eight or four to 10 milligrams a week of this stuff two or three times, split it up into two or three doses. So if you get two milligrams, for example, I would start out doing three times a week. You do two milligrams on Monday, two milligrams on Wednesday, two milligrams on Friday. Or if you get the five milligrams, do five milligrams on Monday and then five milligrams on Thursday or Friday. So twice a week. So that's how I would dose it. And then over time, you would lessen your dosage. So after like a couple months doing it that way, then you can go ahead and lower the dosage to once a week, and then once every two weeks, and then once a month, and then so on. So you keep lowering the dosage. So if you follow that protocol, you'll notice this stuff is really expensive. Because if you look up the prices, a vial of this stuff is going to run you anywhere from 30 to 60 bucks for a big five milligram. So if you're doing it twice a week, five milligrams, this costs you 60 bucks per vial, That's 120 bucks a week that you're spending on this stuff. So yes, it will get expensive. Um, But you know what? You've got to run this stuff at a strong dose to, to be effective. And you can maybe do it once a week if you do five milligrams and then just split your dose. So you would do, you know, two and a half milligrams on Monday, two and a half milligrams. You do do it that that way. And that would cut the price of what you're spending on it in half. So that that could work, too. But if you really, really, really want to heal your injuries, you're sick of these injuries. You've spent thousands of dollars going to doctors. You don't want to use all these prescription drugs they give you. You don't want to spend money. I mean, if you go to physical therapy, they charge ninety bucks an hour. I mean, it's it's absurd. If you get an MRI done, they 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 cost you thousands of dollars. So if you really, really want to heal these injuries, guys, it's going to cost you some money. You want to put aside, you know, a few hundred bucks here, um, and it's going to cost you. It's going to cost you some 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 cash. But this stuff does work good. Now, in addition to that, the protocol that I recommend not just with T, not just using TB five hundred you've got to also add in BPC one five seven and BPC one five seven is another peptide. It's a healing peptide, and it's also you know quite pricey as well. And with the BPC is you want to inject that BPC into the injury. So you want to say that your elbow hurts, for example, or your knee hurts or something, you've got to inject it as close to that injury as possible with the BPC. So the TB500, anywhere in your body, but the BPC, you want to really inject it. So my recommendation is stacking the BPC with it. And we'll, we'll get into BPC maybe in another podcast. So maybe the next podcast we do a compound episode, we'll talk about BPC. But that is really what I recommend um, to heal injuries. And of course, you want to run your n 2 RX. It's a supplement that contains different supplements as well. Um, Ricky, you can kind of get into that. And then the last advice is you really have to ease off on whatever has caused these injuries. Because if you spend all this money on these peptides and then you keep hammering away at what made this injury happen in the first place, guess what? You're just, it's just going to come back. It's going to become a chronic injury. So you really have to ease up on whatever you're doing to cause these injuries. Very, very important that you take some rest and let the body repair. If you had done that correctly in the first place, you wouldn't have got gotten to the point where you start getting these chronic nagging injuries.
1: Yeah, very important what Steve just mentioned. You have to take, if you're having, if you're trying to repair muscle injury, uh, you have to have proper proteins, essential amino acids in your system, in your diet. If you're repairing bone, um, tendons, ligaments, joints, skin, you have to have the proper nutrition, the proper building blocks for those things. This is the reason he mentioned into Joint RX. Into Joint RX has vitamins, minerals to cover any deficiencies, and also has the building blocks that your body uses to actually build some of these white tissues, bone, tendons, ligaments, cartilage, all these things. You need the building blocks for them. At their best, steroids or, or these peptides like TB500, they will go to the cell. They will tell the cell to repair, to, to, become, to get stronger in the case of steroids. But they're just there to send the signal to the nucleus of the cell for gene expression. They're not there to build the cell up. You know, testosterone, when it hits your muscle cell, it doesn't become part of the cell now and make it stronger that way. No, it just gets there, signals for the nucleus of the cell to express the genes to build that muscle up thicker. Same thing with with, a thymus and beta-4. It gets to the cell and it just signals, knocks on the door, sends a signal straight to the nucleus. The nucleus expresses the genes that are going to repair the cell. But you still need the amino acids, the, the minerals, you still need all of those things floating in your system in order for your cells to actually repair. So yeah, taking N2 joint RX along with your TB500 is going to make sure that you have the substrate there, you have the building blocks there flowing through your system as the TB500 is making your cells repair. You know, it's giving it yourselves a signal to repair. You want to make sure the building blocks are there. So that's that's very important. Um, and just a little word on dosing. I did a little bit of research on uh, some of the dosing protocols people are using. And it seems that if you use a little too much TB500, more than than you need, your results just aren't as good as if you use the, the smaller, the medium size amounts. It won't hurt you, meaning you could use quite a bit of TB500 and you won't get into the realm of, of being in danger uh, from cancer or other, or other problems the way you, you know, you, you test have shown with certain SARMs and certain other compounds, but taking too much, then it seems as though your body won't respond to it as well. And you won't get a full healing effect. So don't, you don't need to do too much with it. And even if you did, you're not going to get into uh, cancer danger zones or anything like that at least uh the studies and the literature that is out there about it now uh, seem to point in that direction what do you think steve
0: from what i've read about tb500 they did think that it may have contributed to cancer but the reason for that if you actually look into those studies is not because what you think it's actually because um what ha- ends up happening was the main action of the tb uh, 5 the tb 500 was to produce new white blood cells so what they noticed is its presence in the in the affected areas that were that had cancer in the people's bodies it was not the tb 500 causing the cancer but it was just that the tb 500 caused those white blood cells to show up in the body where the cancer lived and that's because it was helping the body mount and immune system response. So when they started looking more into it, they actually concluded that TB 500 actually helps with cancer. It doesn't contribute to cancer. So that's, that's good news. Another thing too, is like, you know, like I said at the beginning, a lot of people have not used TB 500. So when you see that, you know, these gurus um, that, you know, you see on forums, or they write these articles in they won't tell you this. They won't say, yeah, I've never used it. I mean, I've used it myself three, four times and like, I'm probably one of the more experienced people to have used it. And I've only used it three, four times. So a lot of these people, they'll, they'll use it and it's really something else. And we see that a lot. So they'll say things like, Oh, it gave me a head rush or, or, Oh, it, it it gave me lethargy or something like that. Or it boosted my hunger or, or, you know, any of this stuff. And it's like, dude, like if you had experience using peptides and you had experience using a lot of these compounds, you would know that if you take something, like if you inject a peptide and you get hunger, you didn't inject TB 500. You were injecting uh, some type of GHRP or a GHRH. You know what I'm saying? So that's just a lack of experience by these guys. And it's just so funny, like reading When I see people, like we had a guy on the forum say, oh, I took SR9009 and I couldn't sleep all night. I'm like, dude, you didn't take SR9009. You were taking something else, probably clenbuterol or T3. And that was affecting your sleep. It had nothing to do with each other. So this is why you get these weird comments like on forums or on articles and stuff from guys. They just don't have the experience with enough compounds to really understand what they're taking. They don't know their bodies well enough. So we're doing this podcast, Rick and I to help educate you on these compounds and to lead you in the right direction. So you don't end up buying fake peptides and you don't end up like these guys who take these peptides and get these weird side effects because they weren't even using what they thought they were using. So yeah, that's why we're doing these podcasts guys I help educate you. We're giving you the facts based on experience, not just based on what we read on some, some forum somewhere. So yeah, guys, definitely, you know, um, if you have any questions about this stuff, definitely hit me up on the forum, Steve SMI, but yeah, this stuff at the end of the day, guys, um, I can tell you with me stacking it with BP, pe- when I ran it by itself, I know, I definitely noticed an defense with endurance, my endurance was better my recovery was better um and then when i would stack it with bp set bpc i would definitely notice a healing of injuries um it really really made a difference with me so if you want to spend that kind of money you know on healing these injuries versus i can you know versus going to a massage therapist or physical therapist or getting a bunch of you know, uh, things done from a doctor, an MRI and all this stuff that they want you to do where you're spending tens of thousands of dollars. It makes more sense just to spend a few hundred and, and see, you know, how these peptides can work with you. And that would, that would be a uh, thing for you to do. So, you know, this is a, this is a way guys, this is a different way to, everyone wants to know what they can take, Rick. Everyone wants to know what can I take to do this? What can I take to do that? But tb TB500, could be something for you to take that can help you with endurance, with uh, your energy levels, with injuries, with joints, et cetera, et cetera. So you know it's it's worth a shot. It's definitely worth a shot. I tried it. It's just a matter of you know uh, the money, the money issue. For me, I would love to use this stuff more, but it's an economic thing. The stuff is very expensive. So, Rick, I'll, I'll let you. And one, word inju- one
1: word on One word on injuries. I've said it before. It's just a good time to repeat it. Uh, if you got something that needs to be set back into place, if you have uh, something that needs a physical doctor, specialist to come in there and readjust things, there, there are different parts of your body from your feet to your hands to your neck that sometimes just need adjust to be adjusted properly. Uh, Then after everything is in its place, once all the tendons are running down the right lanes, once the bones and everything is set properly, then something like TB 500 will help to really heal all those tissues around it and and make it you know make it tight. But you know if you have something that needs specialist care to be set back into place to be cut open, you know restitched and Oh, man, i seen that video of that guy with the pec tear. You get a, a muscle tear and things need to be attached back to the bone and, and things like that, then it, it won't do anything to repair that. You've got to go under the knife. You've got to have stuff sewn back together. And once everything is in the right place where it needs to be, then the TB-500, Osterin, all of these other uh, healing compounds will help that injury and everything there heal properly. But if you need something reset back into place, if you need uh, something stitched back into place, you got to go to have a human physically do that first before you stack these compounds on there. And that's that's something really, really important to to note.
0: Yeah, yeah. So, you know, that pretty much sums it up. So Rick, tell us a little bit about Stacking TB five hundred BPC and what else you would stack with it. Give us an example of you, because you've been going through an, inj- an overuse injury. You're looking at um, all that. Um, what's it called? The only porn website. What's it called? Only Twitter. Whatever. You have <laughs> well, an overuse injury to your uh, elbow. TB
1: five hundred BPC Osterin, and N two Joint RX. So N two Joint RX, my product from my website. You go to N the number two Joint J O I N T R X dot It'll shoot you right to a place where you can buy it. Uh, nice, big, heavy bottle. You get five big tablets per day in the product. And it has really uh, the really the substrate. It has the building blocks that you need for all of that connective tissue. It's even got coral calcium, glucosamine, chondroitin. I mean, it's got what you need. And then you use, obviously, the the peptides and the SARM, the, the Osterin, to just help your cells all over your body get, get that right signal to actually begin repairs. And then the N2 joint RX provides the building blocks to repair with what you're really kind of doing really. If you, if you think about it, honestly, you're basically, you're basically fighting age in a way, because you're, 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 you're putting into your body uh, hormones and compounds that, are no longer there in high concentrations because you're getting older to actually tell yourselves to, to heal injuries at a rate that maybe you would have as a really, really young man, you'd have healed this, these injuries at that rate. But since you're getting older and we're all, we all have a built-in timer for when things start to go bad, then you are actually that thymus gland that's no longer producing high amounts of thymosin, of peptides. You're just adding the thymosin peptides. Fuck the gland, right? And that's basically what we're what we're doing with some of these peptides and Psalms Really, is adding in, adding in way more, even more than your body could make when you were a young man, really healthy. Of these compounds that are signaling the cells to repair, well beyond the years that evolution or our maker, whatever you believe in out there uh, destined for us to actually to, 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 for the cells to repair. So um, it's, it's a great, it's a great compound. As far as me, I was going to use it. I might still, but I found I had this tennis elbow situation lasted about five months. I consulted a lot of smart people on what to do. And uh, I finally, finally figured it out. It was, a tendonitis, a tendon that was that runs all the way from the back of your shoulder down to through your tricep. That tendon got really tight, got really uh, uh bothered there. And once that tendon started to get tighter and tighter, and I, I didn't take care of it, I didn't get it massaged, I couldn't even tell it was doing anything. Then it, it manifested as pain right at the elbow, all the way down to my wrist. I mean, I couldn't even hold a, a big mug of water in my hand. Uh, about three months ago, and it really wasn't a, an overuse injury in my case i i changed after so many years after you know, i've been lifting weights since i was 13 um now 40 and i don't i don't know about a year and a half ago i decided to change the way that i hold the bar when i bench press i always benched with my elbows tucked in the way uh somebody going to a benching competition would because that's the guy who taught me how to bench competed in in powerlifting and benching competitions so he just taught me from the very start to tuck my elbows in and while that gives me a nice strong bench it doesn't really build up the the chest the way you want it for bodybuilding so i I don't know after about a year and change ago i started flaring my elbows out like a bodybuilder and i think that's what started doing it that's what started the injury, because I do remember a couple of times after getting off the bench feeling my upper back a little bit tight. And I did some some stretching. Obviously, I started stretching and thought that was the issue. But I think I think that's what started setting off the problem. And then it just became just full-blown tendonitis, tennis elbow. And the way it kind of finally got got fixed is um I finally hit upon an old, old man. He's like in his 70s really knows his shit. And he, you know, he touched around and he said, your problem is right here at the the tricep. And he massaged the tricep, applied hot, hot cream on it, went through about four different sessions with him. And my arm started to feel better. And then my gym put the heavy bag back out. And I started hitting the heavy bag again. And just the stretching motion from throwing my, my right hand, which is where the injury was, throwing my right hand out there, it it started to loosen up, all those tendons loosen up, everything back there, and I, I'd say I'm I'm about I'm about ninety five percent recovered now from my tennis elbow injury, and uh, and I am going to obviously use uh TB five hundred here in the near future just to just to really kind of shore things up uh, um, and to make sure that now that I'm healed from this injury that it'll continue to stay well, but I know. Just I got to go back to my elbows tucked in uh, benching technique, and really uh, n- never stop hitting the heavy bag. You know that that used to be my warm ups hitting the heavy bag. And my gym uh, changed things around because of of COVID. They they shut the showers down, shut off the area where you can go hit the bag, and um, and just not stretching my arms out violently <laughs> the way you do when you're sitting there hitting the bag really contributed to the arm getting tighter and tighter over time and more atrophied more uh, more tendinitis it it was just it's just not it contributed to a to a problem is cascading effect so i'm i'm feeling much much better now though thank god um and all it took was just figuring out the problems that the elbow because i had man i had i had put cvd cream on my elbow tried deca run uh you know did some exercises that physical therapist suggested with a hard rubber ball right on the area on the elbow that hurts and stretching the wrist. And, um, also went to a kinesiologist, tugged on my arm pretty hard and uh, just tried a bunch of different things. And I was just concentrating on the elbow. The problem was, was way further up the lines of the tricep the whole time. And I didn't feel anything wrong with the tricep. And, you know, it wasn't until I started addressing the tricep, massaging the tricep, applying cream to the tricep, put in a, um, a massage gun on the tricep that things loosened up and everything felt way better. And, uh, that was just, uh, that's just something I went through. So, um, hopefully it can help anybody out there. Cause tennis elbow, it's, it it can become like very like chronic, where you just keep, keep having problems with it. Buddy of mine's told me he had a, he had a, this chronic tennis elbow situation for almost 10 years, 10 fucking years. He, he lived with, with just a constant, uh, Pain in his arm. Just something hopefully will help guys out there.
0: All right, guys. So, hope you guys learn a lot from this podcast for Steve Smee and the Rickster. We'll talk to you guys next one. Have a good one.
1: Have a good one, Steve. Have a good one, guys.
0: Guys, this is the required legal disclaimer. We are only sharing our experience from years of steroid use. We are not doctors, and none of what we say should be regarded as medical advice. Always check with your doctor before taking any drugs or starting any training program. Hey, or podcast coming away. This is episode 371. Steve Smith here in the Rickster. What's up, buddy? How you doing?
1: Hey, what's up, Steve? What's up, guys? How's everybody doing out there?
0: Good, man. Good. Health is the number one important thing. So let's get into our Q&As, Rick. Uh, the first topic we're going to talk about, we have five great topics. What do you think about test blends? So first, before we can answer this, we got to look at what is a test blend? What is it, Rick? And test blends are basically different esters of testosterone. Put five, we're talking about four, uh, sustenance, for example, is four different esters. Mixed in together, mostly it's mostly made up of long esters. Only 30 milligrams out of that 250 milligrams of sustenance, for example, is testosterone propionate. It's got an intermediate ester and it's got two long esters, including the decanate ester. So, um, in that example, it was designed for TRT, long term TRT, inject it once a week, once every two weeks. You could inject 250 milligrams every two weeks. And then you wouldn't have to inject very often. You can only get it inject uh, twice a month. That's the way it was designed. So these blends are designed like that. Now, here's my issue with these blends. My issue with these blends is you're going through an underground lab, okay? And these underground labs are, are, are producing these blends, okay? We don't know what they're putting in there. And if you wanted to check on it, you wouldn't be able to check on it. So do we really trust them? So I'm not a big fan of testosterone blends or any steroid blend for that reason. I want to know exactly what I'm taking. And if I want to mix them, I will mix them to myself. Now, having said that, Sussanin, Omadrin, they're both the same forester blends, okay? I don't think a source is going to be able to screw that up, okay? Even if they're an underground lab. As long as it's a trustworthy source. So you're fine on that. But what I'm really saying is these other blends that we're seeing where they blend, they'll blend testosterone, trend, and masteron together, let's say 50 milligrams or 100 milligrams each, okay? So you end up taking 300 milligrams of it, and you're supposedly taking 100 milligrams each. How do you know that? How, you, you wouldn't be able to even test it. So I just would rather divide it up myself and take my own steroid. So I can I can I can relate to sustenin. You know, I can relate to Omnidron. You guys who are in Europe, you use Omnidron. You guys in Britain are known to use sustenin for your TRT. But I would rather just use a single ester compound. I know what I'm gonna take. I can I can easily get blood work, confirm that it's you know real you know, makes it simple in my view. So that that's my opinion. So what do you think, Rick?
1: Yeah, I mean, I don't, uh, it, it's, it's a, I'll give a, a full answer on this. Uh, test blends. Look, if you're a steroid user injecting once a week, maybe twice a week, you don't need it. You don't need to, to mess with test blends. Test blends are good when you're injecting once every 10 days, once every 20 days, once a month, you know, TRT style. Then you want to, uh, a test blend because you have shorter acting stuff that's going to work right away. You have longer acting stuff so that on day eight or nine or 10 before, right before your shot, you're not dropping down. And you know, that works. But if you're just a regular steroid user, just doing the regular steroid grind and you're injecting once or twice a week, then there's no real benefit at all to doing any test blends. I, I wouldn't do it. Just save your money. Especially if you're getting your test blend from a source, right? Because the only reason I would say, okay, if I can get a test blend, but it's legit pharmacy-grade test blend, then it makes sense, okay, to spend the extra money on a test blend because you're getting on Amadren, made by a pharmaceutical lab that's, that is not some bathtub brew actually getting real legit stuff, you pay the extra price, and if all you can get is a test blend, then hey, why not? Go for it. But other than that, other than buying it because you're getting legit stuff as a steroid user, you don't need it. You don't need to spend the extra money. The same source is going to charge you more money for a test blend at the same milligrams than they will charge you for just a straight in that date at the same milligrams. It's just not worth it, in my opinion. Also, when you get into the longer esters, and I've discussed this before on the podcast, the longer the ester, the longer active the steroid, the less steroid, you active steroid, you actually get in there. Because when they weigh out the esters, uh, the when they weigh out the steroid, I should say, the weight of the esters is included in there with the steroid. They don't make, they don't differentiate. So, 100 milligrams of propionate versus 100 milligrams of undecanoate, you're getting more steroid with the propionate because that ester is shorter, so it weighs less, and it comprises a smaller amount of the total weight of the steroid. Remember, guys, the ester doesn't build muscle. it's Your your, your enzymes in your body must first remove it before your body can use it. When it comes to an undecanoate ester, then, a much larger amount of those hundred migs are that ester chain that needs to be removed before you have steroid. So it, it, you, if you use some of the longer esters, you're losing, you're losing out a little bit. Best bang for your buck is that testosterone propionate. You can inject it EOD every other day. It's cheap. You're getting a lot more testosterone per hundred milligrams than you would be with an addate or a decanoate any of the other uh, ester chains and it's cheap already propionate is one of the cheapest esters in testosterone esters you can buy already so bang for the buck if you're going through an underground lab underground source get a straight ester only reason I would pay the money to get additional esters is because it's being made by a human grade bona fide pharmaceutical lab that is being overseen by some governing body somewhere in the world. And then that makes sense. Then you're paying the extra money to get human grade stuff. And just to add to that, if you can get like Testovirin, which I've been able to get from Pharmacia, human grade, pharmaceutical grade, Bayer Testovirin, which is just testosterone and that use that. The, ideally, you can get a straight ester from a bonafide pharmaceutical place. And then you're good to go. You're, you're saving even more money and getting human-grade stuff. So test blends, steroid users, injecting once or twice a week, you don't need it. Save your money. It's not necessary. Test blends for TRT guys, injecting every 10, every 20, every 30 days. It's good. It's what it, you should use it then. That, that's my whole spiel
0: on it. Next one is Arimidex causing joint pain. So, Rick, you're the joint man. Tell us a little bit about why that happens. Tell us what you can do, what kind of supplements you can take to help with the joints. I'll let you uh, take this one.
1: Well, you're dropping your estrogen too low. You know, estrogen is not some evil hormone. You need estrogen. You need estrogen to keep your joints lubricated. You need estrogen for the mechanics of the erection to work. You actually do need estrogen in your body. You can't just crush it and expect to function normally, you need estrogen to have proper lipid profiles. Your cholesterol profiles are going to go to shit if your estrogen is dropped too low. So you actually need estrogen in your life. You really do. You can't just crush it. And if you're taking a ribidex and you drop your estrogen way too low, then you're going to run into problems. You're going to run into into issues with it. Um, blood tests to see where your estrogen is at work. I mean, they, they work, in my opinion, when you're off the steroids. Because you might be taking a steroid that might show up as estrogen in, a, in blood work, while at the same time, you're crushing your real estrogen with anti-Ease. You might run into that situation. So it really becomes one of those things where when it comes to estrogen management, you've really got to listen to your body. You've really got to listen to how you feel, how dry you look in the mirror. And that'll be a really good indicator. And obviously, if you take blood tests along with it, then you can kind of see where you're at with your numbers and compare to how you feel. You know, you got to get the feeling for both because you can get some false positives for estrogen if you're Taking some steroids. Uh, Steve and I went through, uh, went through some of his uh, talk on our earlier podcasts about this. Steve is the blood test, blood results guy. He's the, he's the guy who's, who really knows his shit when it comes to, to reading blood test results. And he'll tell you that when you're on cycle, injecting four or five different steroids, probably not the best time to get a good reading on, on your levels of anything. Best time to get a good reading of your levels of stuff is when you're off of everything. So while on steroids, while on cycle, you've really got to tweak that dosage to how you feel and how watery you look and really tweak it to the side effects. Um, So in in this case, joint pain and you're on a Remedex, dude, you crushed your estrogen too low. You brought it down way too low and now you're beginning to have some some joint uh, problems. Uh, What do you think, Steve?
0: Yeah, that's exactly right. And, uh, you know, you guys really have to take care of your joints. We talked about this on our previous podcast a lot. And um, it's just like having a car. You have a car, you want that car to last. You want that car not to have issues. And forget the car. A car is a materialistic thing. How about your teeth? Your teeth. If you go to the dentist regularly, you go to a good dentist regularly, you will save money long term, even though it sucks going to the dentist, you, you will save money. And it's the same thing with our joints. If you don't take care of your joints, just like you don't take care of your teeth, it's going to cost you in the long run. So you really have to, you have to take care of your spine you and take care of a lot of stuff. So whenever you're running, you know, Rick explained it when you're running these rheumatoid inhibitors, we don't want to crash our estrogen. Estrogen is important. I think, you know, there was a time on, um, on forums and where you would say something like that and they you know, you get bashed for it. Like, Oh, we're men. We don't need estrogen. But I think now most people will understand now they'll understand that. Yes. Even as men, we need estrogen to function. If you don't have estrogen, you're screwed. So your mood, you'll be depressed. You'll have joint issues like this guy, et cetera, et cetera. So you want to make sure you don't crash your estrogen and you don't want it to be too high either. Having high estrogen, there's another thing that I've been trying to communicate to people. If you have high estrogen, you open yourselves up to, to cancer because that's a fuel for cancer. So we don't want high estrogen either. Besides the gynecomastia problems, the water retention, the bloat and all that stuff, which will lead to high blood pressure and things like insomnia and stuff. So, you know, you have to balance your blood pressure. Uh, I'm sorry, you got to balance your, your estrogen in your body and you got to run blood work. So if you go on my signature Steve SMI on the forums, any of the forums, You'll see in my signature a link to blood work. You can get blood work done and make sure your estrogen is in line. It's as simple as that, guys. And your body does change over time. I explain this to my clients. I explain to them, look, I can get you straight now, but five years from now, it's going to be different. If you run 500 milligrams of testosterone, you're going to need this much of an AI with it. Five years from now, you run 500 milligrams of testosterone, you're going to need a different dose of AI with it, possibly more, possibly less, or possibly the same. Our bodies change. Our bodies are constantly changing. So you have to always depend on blood work. You cannot depend on people being psychics and answering these types of questions. But n 2 RX is a great product for joints. And really, you really need to be taking care of your joints ahead of time, just like your teeth, Just like your car, just like anything, you need to take care of it ahead of time. Because if you don't, it's going to catch up to you. It's going to cost you more. All right, guys. So the next one we're going to talk about is what do low LH and low FSH mean in blower? So another question that I saw, uh, someone asked me this question. They did blood work. They are on TRT. And they ran blood work and their LH and FSH was low. And they're like freaking out about it. because So what happens is when you run exogenous hormones, whether you're on TRT, whether you're on a cycle, whether you hop on for two or three weeks, anytime you're running exogenous hormones, perhaps the only one that won't do this is provirin in, in some people. Because provirin in some people is not suppressive and others it, it will be. I've seen blood work on both. I haven't been able to figure out why that is but I would recommend you do run your own blood work and you can see for yourself. So, but in almost all cases, you run exogenous hormones, your pituitary glands are smart. They're going to say, you know what? I'm getting too much of this. I'm getting too much hormone. So it's going to shut down because you're already getting it. You're exogenously putting it in your body. So your pituitary glands will stop producing hormones. And the hormones, the lightening hormone and the follicle stimulating hormone, which is the LH and FSH, when you run blood work, will not be there, will not be there. It'll be down to zero, near zero. So that's normal. Now, the idea when you come off steroids properly, you run a PCT, come off steroids, those numbers bounce, that would indicate that your pituitary glands start, start functioning again. So without the LH and FSH, you're not going to be stimulating your lytic cells, which are your testes. That's why your balls will shrink when you're on steroids. Now, some guys may not notice that and some guys will. It just depends. But that is what happens. That is why your balls, they're not getting that signal to function and to produce testosterone. So that's why your LH and FSH are near zero. So nothing to freak out about. If you're on TRT and this is what I told this guy, if you're on TRT, it's going to be at zero for the rest of your life. Unless you one day come off TRT and are lucky enough to recover. Other than that, you're going to be at zero. If you're on cycle, it's going to be at zero. When you come off, hopefully it bounces. It should bounce and you can recover. If you run steroids properly, you take plenty of time off. You're on a proper PCT. It should bounce back. So, Very important to get blood work before steroids and very important to get blood work after you're done with PCT. Wait six weeks, eight weeks after PCT that you can see, did my LH and FSH bounce back to where they were before or are they lower? And that will kind of give you an indicator how have I recovered? And then you can go go from there. You may have to take more time off to allow your body To recover, but really, really important. These numbers are very important to gauge recovery, to gauge the health of your pituitary glands. Guys in the past, okay, guys in the past would run blood work and only pay attention to testosterone levels. That's a mistake, because what happens is in PCT you're taking PCT drugs that boost your testosterone levels. But, but you know I'm saying, so it's gonna, it's not the number to look at. You want to be looking at your LH and your FSH. Very, very important to look at those numbers. You can be on testosterone in the middle of cycle and have testosterone levels 3,000, 4,000. And you're thinking, wow, I'm functioning really good, aren't I? But you're not because your LH and FSH are at zero. So that's why if you run blood work, guys, through a doctor, you have to make sure the doctor understands that he needs to test your LH and FSH as well, not just testosterone levels. Testosterone levels alone are not going to help you. You need to run blood work with everything, including the LH and the FSH. Very, very important. Anything else, to add, Rick?
1: You pretty much covered the LH, FSH. Uh, one thing to remember, guys, and we've we've covered this on a, on a previous podcast. Sometimes your LH, and LH, and FSH will be normal to high, and yet your testosterone levels could be low. Uh, this could happen because you might have some sensitivity issues in your cells, in your testicles. Um, And this could happen for a a bunch of different reasons. Uh, One of the studies that I looked into where they interviewed, because you can't really test for this in in a lab in any way, they interviewed men that used steroids and then gotten off of them. Sometimes these men would develop a problem with low testosterone while their LH and FSH was still normal to high years later after steroid use it's just something to also keep in mind uh that it could happen so it's just just something to throw in there steven they covered it pretty well
0: so we're going to cover two more topics um you know this is the evergreen podcast but we are coming to the end of the year on this uh you know filming this podcast but this can can kind of be evergreen this can be evergreen anytime you guys need to come back and reference this podcast but we're going to talk about new year's goals and then we're going to talk about end of year checklist now both of these things can be any time of the year you don't have to just say okay it's new year's i'm going to make goals you can be like it's february 1st i can make a goal it's march 1st i can make a goal you can make goals every single month you can make goals every single day In fact, in the morning, waking up and just going over your day and saying, This is what I want to accomplish can really, really help you at achieving your goals. So, you know, let's talk about New Year's goals. Um, And I think, with New Year's goals, I think the number one New Year's goal um, for people this year, especially, is to, you know, it's really interesting because we had a really crazy uh, 2020. um, You know, we're filming this, but I think one of the interesting things I saw Rick was that even during the pandemic and everything at first, uh, couples were not getting along, but now we're months and months into the pandemic and into, you know, the shutdowns and having to stay home and not being able to go out as much. We're seeing the opposite trend. We're seeing actually couples relationships becoming stronger. So at first it was a lot of, there was some domestic violence There was couples not getting along, couples fighting. Um, I know a lot of people I know were in that situation, but now it's just like couples are stronger. So that's a very interesting dynamic. I think one of the New New Year's goals for a lot of people is to appreciate the person you're with. If you're in a relationship, it's so tempting to feel that, oh, my God, I can find someone better. I can find someone better out there. But at the end of the day, if you start thinking like that, if you get into that rabbit hole of thinking I can find someone better, you won't appreciate the person you're with and you'll actually destroy your relationship from the outside in. So I think that's what's happened in the past year going through, you know, 2020, going through the pandemic. I think a lot of couples have realized that, that as much as I, you know, wanna be single again, at the end of the day, it's, you know, I got it really good. So I think that's a New Year's goal. Um, And I think it's important as a man who is in a heterosexual relationship for you guys listening to this, because most of you are going to be, most most people listening to this podcast are men. We do have females listening to this. But if you're in a relationship with a woman, women need to hear this stuff. Women need to hear this stuff. So don't just keep that to yourself. I think actually talking to the person you're with and vocalizing that is very, very important. And telling them, look, I appreciate you. I know this year has been you know, a lot of ups and downs. But at the end of the day, I really appreciate you. And I love you. And this is why I love you. And literally tell them the five reasons why you love them off the top of your head. So I think that's a really important new Year goal. And that can really go a long way in, in your relationship. And I think you have to have a relationship with yourself as well. I'll let Rick jump in. We you have a relationship with yourself. A lot of us weren't able to work out. Rick, you know Rick, me has been giving me shit uh, the past couple of months. But I have two gym memberships. Two gym memberships, both of them were closed. One just recently reopened. I've been able to go back to the gym. In the meantime, I've been doing a lot of things. I've been doing a lot of yoga. My yoga, um, you know, place has been open a while, so I've been going to yoga. I've been doing uh, push-ups and pull-ups and and lunges and all kinds of stuff. Doing a lot of cardio, running doing all kinds of stuff to stay active. I'm actually leaner than I was a year ago, leaner. I'm not, I've lost strength and I've lost some muscle. I will, I will admit that, but I'm actually the leanest I've been in many, many years. So my, I know that because my shorts are falling off. So that can confirm that. But so at the end of the day, you know, just you, you have to be honest with yourself and you have to appreciate yourself. And you have to be like, look, this is this is what I'm gonna do doing going forward. You have to really love yourself first. And people you see on social media posting pictures of themselves, the, the vanity that is in this industry that we're in, Rick, drives me crazy because I kind of used to be like that. But at the end of the day, those people do not love themselves, those people are just trying to get attention. Okay, they're they're trying to get attention from people, they're trying to get likes, whatever. If you really really love yourself, you won 't care what other people think enough to post pictures of yourself all over social media. you'll look at yourself in the mirror and really, really love yourself, not love the size of your bicep, not love that stuff. So I think a lot of us have to just look at ourselves in the mirror in the next year and just learn to love ourselves more and they we can't just have that vanity about us, that vain type of, th- of thinking that You know, we have as bodybuilders and that's why we do it. We do it. We want to look good, right? We want to look good. We want to feel good. But if you look in the mirror and you're a Jack guy and you look amazing and people on social media look at your picture and like, wow, I would do anything to look like this guy. It doesn't matter if you don't even love yourself you know, at the end of the day, if you don't even love yourself, but you got all these people loving you, what's the point? So at the end of the day, you've got to learn how to love yourself, guys. I think that's, those are the new year, new year's goals. I think we all need to work on because it's really messed up, you know, with, with the social media and the, and all this stuff in the fitness industry, it's really screwed up the, the way, the way things are and the way we've been kind of, um, habitually, uh, made to think about the way we, treat ourselves, treat others, and the way we view, you know, the person we're with. So I think those two New Year's, goal, New Year's goals are really, really things that we all need need to work uh, better on. How about you, Rick?
1: Yeah, I mean, um, loving yourself, it's very, very important, treating yourself well. And like Steve said, just to build on that, it's it's good to want to look great. It's good to want to look impressive. It's, it's very, uh, it's very good. It's a very good thing for you to have that sacrifice where you don't indulge in bad foods and, and you partake in exercising as a way of looking your best, but you also don't want to take it to the point where you're abusing steroids, abusing these drugs to be the biggest guy around. That's, that's where you go beyond really loving yourself to hurting yourself because now you're, you're assessing your value entirely on how you look, how freakish you look. And there's that point where it's not healthy anymore. So taking a little bit of juice here and there, to experiment on yourself to make things work a little bit better than usual to maybe look better than your age, you know, for guys, uh, or 40s, like me, that's, that's one thing. To then go and abuse yourself, taking a ton of trembolone, taking insulin, DMP, just completely killing your fucking health because you just want to look really impressive, that's that's no bueno. If you know it's hurting your body to that degree, and we've discussed it here, then and you're still doing it, just to achieve a look, you know, not maybe, maybe you do need to reassess how much you actually do love yourself. I keep going back to this is different when you are a competitor and that's kind of your life's work, your life's mission to compete. And you're working, you're working with a coach, someone who hopefully be real responsible and know just how far you guys can take it. That's one thing. But if it's just vanity, and you're taking these drugs that can really really hurt you not just in the long term but the real short term or you're abusing steroids to the point where you're going beyond just doing a little bit more than trt to really messing yourself up then it's not it's no bueno it's not it's not the way to do it it's not the way to go about it it's not the way to live so you have to be clear on your goals and If you have to or if you're going to include steroids as part of your lifestyle, like we all do, make sure you do it as responsibly as you can. Thinking about the future, being good to your future self. You know, when you think about the decisions or what drugs you're going to take, what you're going to do, you want to think about your future self 10 years, 15, 20 years from now and how that future self is going to, to feel physically on a daily basis from all of these compounds and steroids you're doing now. That's really important. to Treat your future self from, from now, from today. Treat your future self with consideration and respect. As far as your mate and how you treat your mate and the person you decide to spend your life with, I think one of the best things you can do for everyone is... If this person, if you're not sure about this person, or if you are 100% sure about this person, you got to kind of fucking act like it. If, if you know she's not the one, if you're tired, if, this, if the relationship is washed up, if things aren't well, going well, if you just know it's just not there, and don't be fucking miserable. Don't make her miserable. Better yet, don't put on an act to try to make her happy. Or, you know, and then blindside her with some bullshit out of left field later on. Just be real. Don't be lonely. Don't don't be scared of being alone. And put an end to it. You know, now. Don't get toxic. And stay in there longer than you should when you know it's not, it's not what you want. But if you really know this is the one, if you really are in love with this person, if you really want to spend your life with her, then fucking act like it, you know, be good to her. Don't become a fucking yes, ma'am guy. Don't, don't become a punk. S- stay to your masculine core. Stay to your, your masculine, keeping your masculine, you know, your masculinity. Don't become a pussy. Don't become pussy whooped. But respect her, love her, honor her, be faithful to her don't let dreams in your head of other women or or this girl or that girl or this instagram model don't let any of that shit get in your head don't indulge in porn don't just don't fuck things up for yourself you know just just act like whatever it is and if she's not the one and you guys are already married maybe um start thinking about breaking this shit up now You know, before things get bad, before you hurt each other, before you become really toxic. If she is the one for you, then make sure to act like it. Make sure to treat her like she's going to be your partner for life. Have more patience for her than you would have for any other person in this world. Have more consideration for her than you would have for any other person in this world. Really do it. You know, whatever... It is that you have decided for this person you have in front of you. Just make sure you fucking act like it. All right? And if, let's say, you know you're not going to marry her, you know she's not the one forever, but you're good with her for now, then live it up nice, but don't make a ton of promises. Don't make a ton of of promises and commitments. And the best thing that'll get you out of trouble in relationships is just knowing yourself, know yourself. Like I just discussed in the earlier point of being good to yourself, being good to your future self, know your future self, know your future self 10 years from now and think, how would that guy feel? If I let go of this chick right now, how would my five years from now, 10 years from now, two years from now, future self feel about that and if your 2 to 5 to 10 year future self will be happy that you drop this chick now then go through the process as painful as it might be for your tomorrow self to your next month self to your next 6 month self you know just just go through the process and do what you need to do so that you are free To find the right one so that she's free to find someone that will appreciate her just the way she is. At the same token, if you make the decision, if you make the right decision, uh, stay with this person. Think about what kind of relationship your two-year-from-now self, your five-year-from-now self, your 10-year-from-now self would like to have with this person. What kind of chemistry, what kind of flow you'd like to have with her in the relationship? And start making moves towards that. And one of the best things you can do um, if you are in in that committed relationship, is just don't let your mind wander on bullshit. Concentrate on what really matters. Make sure that you're not going crazy with the porn. Make sure you're not having weird, fucked up conversations with women, you know, in, in your messages that are not conducive towards your relationship goals. Make sure you don't do anything to really hurt this person because once you do, their relationship will never be the same. And then something that maybe you really want it to last forever, you cause some scar tissue. Some scar tissue that will always be there. You know, like a fighter gets too much scar tissue on his forehead. cuts a lot easier after a while. So don't cause that scar tissue. The best way to do that is... Don't get caught, you know, dealing with chicks on webcam. Don't get caught and just don't do it. Having weird fucked up conversations with, with other women. Just don't, don't create any of that scar tissue because it's just going to make your goal of staying longer, it's going to make it harder. I guess that's my whole rant on it, uh, Steve. I mean, yeah. you know,
0: you kind of piggybacked off of what I was saying. Uh,
1: I responded to you. I responded to you. Definitely. I wanted to yeah. respond to everything you said. Uh, I, it's been a while since we had a, a good relationship question on the show. Huh? Remember yeah, I, I
0: think I think I think that's that's something. See, here's the thing. This is what I notice from people I know, especially my age, that have gotten married. They get married and then it's like they're done. But the thing is like a marriage is work. A relationship is, you got to keep working at it. It's just like a professional athlete. They get drafted, right? They get drafted, right? And then you have a choice. You can either get drafted and then just be like, you know what? I'm getting paid money. I'm I'm done. I'm going to go party. I'm going to go drink. I'm going to eat like shit. I'm not going to work my ass off. I'm not going to learn the playbook. I'm just going to, you know, have a good time. Or you can be like, you know what? I want to get my ass in the playbook. I want to reach out to my teammates, introduce myself. I want to reach out to the coaches. I want to learn everything I can. I want to be ready for week one of the season. I want to get in the best shape I've ever been in. You have those two mentalities. People get married and they're like, you know, I'm done. And those marriages, 100% failure rate, 100% failure. It's It's a, you got to keep working at it. If you don't keep working at it, you're 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 going to end up like a professional athlete who's only in the league two years. You're a first round pick. And after two years, you're out of the league. What the hell happened? Well, you didn't work at it. You've got to you've got to work at it. And that's what separates, you know, the average people, people with average relationships and people with with great relationships. So, you know, that's what I noticed from people who are are, our age, Rick. Um, So you can't just give up. You can't just give up.
1: And working at it can take different meanings for different guys. I think for most of us guys on steroids, uh, working at it just, just means like, don't let your fucking mind wander. All these hormones, all these high levels of androgens in your system, make your mind wander. And you have to just stay real true to your decision and and to what you want out of life and what you want out of your relationship with this person. And keep it, keep it, keep it there you know don't don't, don't let your mind wander because uh, you she she might end up noticing some of your changing behavior and also also don't get too crazy don't get too don't start yelling or saying things that are hard you can't take words back and once you say certain words they're there forever so don't create as i said earlier that that scar tissue also don't become a little bitch either just because you've decided that she's going to be in your life forever, and this is what you want, don't be a don't be a bitch. You know, don't lose your masculinity. Don't just become a yes, ma'am. Don't just don't just give in into every into every argument into every every juncture of the road. You don't have to do that. Once you once you start doing that, stop being in in really in your masculine essence, she'll start to lose some respect for you and, and she'll start to lose some of that love for you. And you'll make it harder for her to love you and respect you the right way. You want to still be that guy she fell in love with. And it's a real balancing act of just loving her, respecting her, wanting to perpetuate this relationship, but also not giving in, not doing everything she says just the way she wants, and not just shying away from an argument where you know what's right you know standing up for yourself being in your masculine while still being respectful towards her being respectful towards her opinion but not just giving in and being malleable to whatever just doing whatever she says and just telling her she's always right and just being a just you becoming a bitch in the relationship it's a bit of a for some guys, not all of us, but for some guys, it's it's a bit of a, it's a bit of a balancing act. And you just have to you have to know it because she'll lose respect for you. She'll lose respect for you and once she starts losing respect for you, once you she, she starts to perceive you as having some feminine energy, as being becoming a bit of a bitch, that's when she'll yeah, you know, that's when they'll cheat and they'll say you're just not the same man I fell in love with. And you're not. Maybe you were a, a bit of a of a of a wild man, you know. Maybe you were a bit of a of a hardcore motherfucker when she first met you. She had to win you over, get you into that relationship, get you into that, into that monogamous uh grind with her. And once you gave in, once you started loving her, once you felt you couldn't live without her, then you started bitching up. You stopped standing up for yourself. You stopped backing up your opinion and backing up your actions. You started giving in on everything. Now you're no longer the guy that she had to win over. Now you're no longer that, that guy, that bad boy that she was attracted to. That's, that's important. It's very important. It's, it's, a, it's a balancing act. But if it was easy, you'd see marriages, most marriages last forever. But, you know, that's why uh, <laughs> you see a lot of guys that are divorced, unhappily divorced. but They've got just a really good friendship with the new guy. And they still talk to their ex, even though she's with another guy, but they still got a good friendship. All this, this is bitch shit. You bitched up.
0: So. Is that, um, is that why she divorced you? <laughs> <laughs> but, um, <laughs> I, I, I,
1: I've got I've to I've tell you, now that we're speaking honestly, I think uh, steroids have had a lot to do with, with my feeling as though I don't fucking need anyone, uh, as though I can just as though there's just something in you around the corner. And um, I think maybe keeping high levels of androgen, taking my herbals, hcgenerate.com, the plug for my products. I think that has helped keep me from feeling lonely, depressed, feeling like, oh, you know, I lost her, she's the best. You know, that and and also the knowledge that I know that love, it's the Love is the belief that she's different from the rest. And you should just know that even though you love her today and she's so special today, if you really want it to, sometimes you're forced to, right? You can focus that same energy and that same love on another woman. You can just how you built this girl up in your mind and just how you turned her in your mind into just the greatest thing in the world. If it can't be, you can go and build yourself up to to build in your mind to love some other girl. And just against the understanding and just the feeling in my mind that there's something better around the corner every time. And that just how I love this one. And it might hurt to leave this one. Eventually I can feel the same way or feel even stronger feelings for another one. She's not that special. She ain't that fucking unique. Just kind of knowing that um, whenever things begin to not, not go well, Whenever things began to get to get unbearable, I, I, was, I just made a run for it. And a lot of it was this. It was me maybe at the start seeing some of the issues at the start, me not realizing that my five-year-from-now self, my 10-year-from-now self wouldn't appreciate some of the issues this person was bringing to the table, that my two-year-from-now self wouldn't be able to handle some of the way this person behaves once the honeymoon phase would be over, me not not seeing that ahead of time is what cost me five years, 10 years into a relationship to say, you know what? I don't really like this bitch. Like, I don't, you know, like she, she may be hot physically. I'm still attracted to her in that way, but I don't like her as a person. And um, that came from me at the very start from that honeymoon phase, not thinking about, not knowing myself enough to think about how my five year from now self, my 10 year from now self is going to feel. And, um, and when I found myself at that juncture, having a, just things be coming to a point where they're unbearable or they're getting in the way of my own progress, having a, just say, look, just how I develop these uh, feelings for her. I can go down the line and develop them from somebody else. If I choose to allow myself to, and, uh, I just don't need to take it anymore. And that's kind of what happened, dude. I mean, I, I've never, I've done it at times. I'm not going to lie and say I've had it. I've left my my masculine energy at times to give in to a female because I, at the time I, I maybe didn't know enough about life and thought that's what she wanted it. It thought that's what she kind of wanted from me. And come to realize that that hard masculine energy that attracted her to me at the start once I fell for her and I began to just want to give in to a lot of her bullshit, want to just give in instead of making a stand on, on some issues. Instead of winning me some love, it started to win me disrespect. It started to win me, you know, her not feeling as hot about me as she was when, when I was unmanageable in some ways, right? Uncontrollable in some ways. So I'm,
0: fo- I'm forwarding this tape after we're done to uh, Conchita, And then she can uh, respond to it. I'm going to bring her on uh, the next episode. There's two sides to every story. So we got to bring her in to figure it out. But you should read uh, Patty Stinger. She's a dating guru. And she talks about feminine energy with men. And she talks about masculine energy with women. So it works both ways. Women with masculine energy. I'll give you an example of masculine energy. Let's say I come home from work or come home from the gym. I'm in a great mood, right? And she hits me with it. She hits me with it. Oh, the fucking Timmy has the flu. You've got to take him to the doctor tomorrow at nine o'clock. Oh, the HOA sent us a letter. We got to, we got to um, replace the lawn. Oh, you know, this, oh, this is that. That's masculine energy. I don't want to hear that shit when I come home. You know what I'm saying? Don't hit me with that shit. I broke it up with girls over that. You know what I'm saying? So that's a perfect example of it of, of working both ways. Women with the masculine energy and men. With the feminine energy. Yeah. So, yeah, we'll definitely talk about. One, uh, of the,
1: one of the masculine and feminine energy is when maybe at the beginning of the relationship, you were really focused on work. Maybe you were focused on other women. Who knows? And so you didn't get back right away. You weren't about these calls. You weren't about all this, all this shit every day, all this fluffiness every day. Then once you get into the relationship, you make her the only one. You make her a priority, right up next to your your career and your and your workouts and everything. Now you begin to call out of the blue to say, uh, "I love you, I miss you," kind of shit. And although she'll say and act as though she appreciates that, after after a while, it'll begin it'll begin to to wear on her a little bit that you've become a little bit of a bitch. It's okay, even if you're in a committed relationship and you're not seeing other women. It's okay for her to wonder about your day a little bit where you're not checking in all the time. It's okay for you to be a little too busy with your workout to respond to her while you're at the gym. That's fine. You're not cheating. You're just focused on what you're doing. And then when you do go out of your way once a week, once a month to call and say, Hey, you know what? I saw something that reminded me of you. I thought about this joke. I thought about this thing we did in bet the other day. I love you. I miss you. That means a lot more. That that would get that pussy wet right away. But if you're doing it a couple of times a day, that's, you're just being, you just, you're bitching up. You're bitching up. It's okay for her to wonder about you a little bit. That's fine, you know? And also what you talked about, Steve, where you get home, and she starts hitting you with this, this, and that. If you're in your masculine and you come home and she's got some things to discuss, you're going to go through your process, your winding down process after you get home. You're going to hang your stuff up. You're going to get your slippers. You're going to do whatever you need to do. Or maybe you ask her, like, can you please get fetch my slippers? And you're going to be real calm. You're not going to react to her. If she's, you know, upset about whatever is going on with the babies, with the house, whatever, when you come in, you can't practice empathy and get upset right along with her or even get upset at her for bringing, up, bringing it up. She's a female. It's kind of her job to make a list for, of things for you to fix for her, her and, and, and the household. It's kind of the way it works, my opinion. So you just stay in your masculine. You stay in your fucking zone. You don't get bothered by it. You acknowledge it. But even if she's upset, you just stay in your masculine. You don't get upset. You don't let it throw you off your fucking game. And if if you're going to watch a game, then you say, you know what, baby? Let me finish watching my game and then we'll discuss it. If she insists, to say, baby, I just got home. I want to clear my mind and then we'll talk about it. Stay that fucking zone, that 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 hard masculine zone where you're not thrown off your shit. But if you come in through the door and she's got this, that problem, and you need to fix this, and this is leaking, and the kids not listening, and the car's making a weird noise, and, and then you start to like get upset and, and start to like feel not feel great and start to get upset right along with her, you're not being that solid base that she needs when she brings you all these issues you should be that solid base that hard motherfucker that just says i'll handle it baby don't worry and just be fine like don't don't let it throw you off your center stay in your fucking center you know that that's that's that masculine energy you know you can handle these things you know you can do this you know you can go and take care of that kid make you know straighten him the fuck out do all these things So don't need to get upset about it. And if she's really upset, then you fucking stay. You stay in your masculine. You stay in your center. And don't get upset right along with her. That's that's that that hard masculine shit where you're focused on your goals, on your work, on your business, on your growth. Even if she's the only one in your life, even if you've made the decision to be 100% monogamous and, and be with her, you need to be that solid, hard rock even if the tides beat against it you're solid as hell you don't get upset right along with her you don't react to every one of her little fucking quirks or any one of her little female female quirky things the women go through their their periods go through their hormonal changes every month this week she might be extra bitchy than usual and if you sit there and react to her bitchiness, you getting upset too and getting too upset about everything she says, then you're not in your masculine. You're just being another chick right along with her. You need to, if she wants to get upset, if she wants to make a big deal out of shit, let her do it on her own. You stay in your masculine. And it's okay to have long awkward posts. Posts where you don't say anything. If she wants to if she wants, to, if you get through the door and she hits you with a bunch of things she needs from you and things aren't right, it's okay for you to say, I'll handle it, baby. Don't worry. Let's talk about it after dinner. Is my dinner ready? You know, let's, let's, let's talk about it after dinner. I've got a couple of things to do. I'll hit the gym. I'll think about it and we'll talk about it later. That's it. And if she wants to keep going on and on and on, it's all right for you to shut the fuck up. Don't react. Don't get upset. Go about your grind. Grab your gym bag. Grab your stuff. Give her a nice kiss. Grab her ass. Hard. I'll be back from the gym, baby. We'll talk about all of that stuff later on tonight. And be done. You're a motherfucking man. You can handle this. You don't need to get upset and react to everything she does. Matter of fact, she kind of doesn't want you to. Sometimes she just wants you to listen. (laughs) That's all. A lot of times women will want to be able to let off steam and for you not to get upset back at them. For you to stay in your fucking masculine center. That's just a couple of a uh, quick, uh, couple of quick samples uh, of masculine energy versus that female energy shit. And look, I'd be real, I'll be real careful of taking dating advice from women, uh, unless she's like the real deal doctor and she's interviewed a lot of men and interviewed a lot of women and knows what she's talking about because a lot of times women don't even really know what they want themselves. If you look at the difference between love novels that are written for women and movies, Hollywood movies that are made for the broad audience, you get a clear difference. In the movies, the female may not be all that interested. The guy is doing everything he can crawling on broken glass and eventually she gives him a piece she gives him a chance if you read the novels it's always about this wild untamable man unattainable guy who she can't get that she old that she through time and effort makes hers through time and effort she gets him finally right and those are those novels that women like to read It's always that wild fucking man, that guy that could have any female he wants, that might not even be paying that much attention to her. And then she goes through a whole process of winning him over. And that's the real shit. That's what women really, really want. They want to feel like you have other options, like you can have anyone, but they want you over. They, and, and they don't want you to give them everything right away. They want to win it over, over time. And once you, do are, once you are together, you have kids together, and you are, and you are a couple, and, and she knows you're solid, and you guys have plans for the future, have a retirement account together, houses under both your names, even then, even then, you still want her to wonder about you a little bit, still want her to compete with your work, with your gym grind, with your goals a little bit. You know, you still want her to have to win over your, your affection and win over, your 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 attention. You still want her to promise you good things, good food when you get home, good sex when you get home. You still want her to be trying to win you over, and at that point, it's not to win you over from other women because you've pretty much established you're a monogamous. At that point. She's trying to win over your attention away from work a little bit because you're doing shit. Win over your attention away from your training, from maybe some sports league or something you're doing with your, with your other with friends, with men, with other men. Your hunting trip. You know, don't go away for for a whole week, baby. Go away for three days and then I'll I'll be here for you and I'll do that thing you like when you get back. You still want her to still be continuously feeling as though she needs to continue to win over your attention and win over your time that's not a bad thing it's it, it's it's okay it's okay as long as you don't plant any seeds of doubt or any seeds of her feeling as though your attention is on other women you're good as long as she's only feeling as though she's competing against work progress you know uh doing cool shit with the boys not going out drinking or playing cards or something dumb like that but like you know you, you're in a sports league you know, you're in a, in a bodybuilding team, and guys are going on stage, and you're going to train with the guys. You know, shit like that, cool shit, important stuff. And you still want to be in your masculine in any, no matter what level you're at with her, whether you're getting a starter, whether you've been together for 10 years. You want to be in your masculine. And that's the only way you could really, really, you could really be happy long term. It's the only way.
0: All right, guys. So really quick, we have five minutes left. There's a lot to digest from what Rick said, but we'll follow up on that on uh, upcoming shows for sure. But I just want to go through a checklist of things to do. Um, End of year checklist. But again, guys, it's evergreen. It could be end of January, end of February, whatever. Checklist. I just want to go through, um, number one, guys, donate blood. Very, very important for us in the community. We're the strongest. We're the baddest motherfuckers in our towns. We got the responsibility to hook up others who need our strong blood. So make sure you're going and you donate blood. It's good for you. It's good for others. Um, Make sure on the form, you don't tell them that, you know, you inject steroids or anything like that because they'll, they won't let you give blood. So you make sure uh, I'm basically don't, don't disclose that information and the stuff. Your blood is perfectly fine. As long as you don't have a, a, you know, STD or something. So very, very important to do that, guys. Uh, many of you listening to this have never given blood before. Very easy to do. You just go online, look up one blood, uh, big red bus, any of those types of uh, blood donation centers, and go donate blood. really, really, people need it. Second tip, uh, guys, you got to tip your postal worker. These are people delivering your um, these are people delivering your mail they're, they're delivering your goodies, they're delivering your supplements. What happens if a package, you know, something happens with a package, you want that postal worker to be able to, you know, go the extra mile to, to to look for it, to ask around. It really makes a big difference. So throw them some money, you know, your waiter, tip your waiter. They don't get paid shit. Your doorman up there where you live, uh, Rick and Staten Island, you guys have doorman every day. They, uh, you, you know, they have, you know, They do the elevator for you up there in uh, fucking Manhattan where you live. So tip them. Tip your lawn guy. Tip the girl at the gas station, the drugstore, the coffee shop that knows your name and knows what you usually order. Tip that trainer at the gym who spots you, even if you're not, they're not your trainer, but they, they, they help you out in between client sessions. They come by and they spot you. They don't have to do that. They do it anyway to, to help you out. Get them some cash. These people make shit, and they make our lives better each and every day. I used to get paid a nickel above minimum wage, a nickel above minimum wage, and I I made like in six months. I, I think I made like six hundred bucks in six months. You can't survive on that shit. These people make nothing. They make minimum wage or less even, so they can't survive on that, you know. And hook them up with some cash. I mean, you know, what I'm saying you're doing good. You guys can afford to buy steroids, right? You can afford to tip these people 20, 30 bucks, 50 bucks. It goes a long way. Another one, reach out to family and friends you haven't talked to in a while. Check up on them. You know, a cousin maybe you haven't talked to in a while. Check up on them. If they need something, you know, take care of them. This is the time. Ask them what they want. Ask them what Santa, what they want Santa to give them for, for Christmas. If they're having a tough time, do it that way. This way they can't, they can't you know, use pride against you on that one this way gives you an excuse to send them a a gift a nice gift to help them out check up on your neighbors make sure if they need anything you know what what is wrong with us in society we don't we don't help each other out in the most successful societies in the world if a neighbor is struggling to pay their rent the neighbors on the street all chip in they put money in the hat and they take it to them here you know, and they accept that money. You know why? Because one day you're going to be in their shoes and you're the one that's going to need that money out of a hat. So they're going to be the ones helping you out down the line. So it works both ways on that. So help out, help out your neighbors. Donate food to food banks. A lot of people right now are starving. You know, we have a very unequal society. We have, we have very, very rich and we have very, very poor. And then we got people in the middle. Most of us are people in the middle. We can afford to give some food to the food banks. And then the last one, donate to some legit charities. Um, I donate ASPCA. I donate to a local animal shelter. They take care of the dogs, take care of cats. Um, you know, so these are things to do, guys, uh, ahead of ahead of the new year. And it's going to benefit your community greatly. So th- these are things to do. And then going back to the neighbor thing, if you have, like, an elderly labor, a neighbor, you know, make sure you check up on them, guys. Because at the end of the day, she may need something like done around the house. She might need you to fix a door or a knob in her house, or you need, she needs you to fix the screen, something little like that. See if she needs anything, you know what I'm saying? So this is the time to do it. So Rick, you know, we got about a minute left, you know, um, you want to chime in on something I missed on things to do.
1: Respect your elders and be there for your elders. Be there for those people. That are older Maybe their kids are not around Always be there to offer a helping hand If you can become friendly And befriend That old guy That old girl That old couple That lives in your neighborhood In your block The next block over You know, do that Make sure they have your phone number Make sure you have theirs Check up on them Uh, The way society is today People tend to A lot of people tend to neglect their parents and the older family members nowadays. Everybody's so busy with their own shit. Um, everybody, a lot of people tend to move around states now. Everybody's so busy. Everybody, uh, a, lot of, a lot of dudes, as soon as they get in their 20s, 30s, get a, a good, decent job here or there, the they, first thing they do is they move away, hours away from their family so you being a friend to the older people that don't have someone to come in and check up on them someone to help them out you know you could you could be that lifeline you could be that help so if you can do anything is maybe be a sort of an, an adopted family to someone older that's maybe old and and alone old and alone. There's a, a lot of people like that out there. If you live in a building, I'm sure there's a old lady, an old guy in your building. It's old and alone. Maybe at work, someone close to retirement. It's old and alone in your neighborhood. Someone you see at the store often. Someone you see at the gym often. Old and alone. So if you can do anything. Become friends, friendly, become someone that you can be, rel- that can be relied on by some of these older members of our society, of our community. Probably one of the best things you can do is do that. You'll, a lot of people go, go really far away to do charity. They donate money to these far away causes. they, Do all this faraway charity when you can very easily do something in your neighborhood, do something for someone around you, do something for someone that you might know already. You know, you don't if you really pay attention, you'll notice you don't really need to go far outside of your own community of your neighborhood of your own surroundings to be charitable and to do some good deeds and really make a difference in someone's life. That's um, that's about it, Steve.
0: All right, guys, it's a long one, but we, uh, we covered a lot in this episode. Um, Rick, uh, Rick definitely his, uh, degree in, uh, therapy definitely is paying off on this, uh, episode for sure. So for Steve's me, this was episode, 371 we will talk to you guys next week with another one have a good one guys
1: have a good one steve have a good one guys
0: guys this is the required legal disclaimer we are only sharing our experience from years of steroid use we are not doctors and none of what we say should be regarded as medical advice